world's favorite game. What sport is it that comes to mind when you hear someone say those three words? Now, I don't want to hear tennis. I don't want to hear golf. I don't want to hear cricket. You know what it is. In America, they call it soccer, but everywhere else we call it football. Welcome to the world's favorite game. This is a new podcast coming out under the BRB podcast brand. And we're going to be talking about, it's in the name, the world's favorite game. We're going to be talking about football from all around the world. Now, I'm specifically trying not to talk too much about English football and Premier League football. But, you know, I'm living in England. I support a Premier League team, so I guess it can't be helped. We will be talking that Premier League and English football talk. But let's try to be more inclusive and talk about the global game. We've got loads to talk about today um, at the moment. We've got a few competitions that are happening at the moment right now. We've got the MLS Leagues Cup. We've got the Women's World Cup. We've got all of these pre-season friendlies because in Europe it's the off-season and there's all these pre-season friendlies going on. We've got um, the Under-21 Championships, which has passed. So we've got that to talk about. We've got some big headlines in football. We've got the Saudi Revolution and we've got Messi making his debut for Inter Miami. We've also got loads of other stories. You know, some people might say Modric scoring a great goal in preseason is a good story. Yeah, you know, it was a good goal. Some people might say Arsenal v Man United in preseason is a big story. Me personally, I don't think that's such a big deal. I mean, you know, yeah, I know Arsenal lost the game, and if we won, maybe I wouldn't be making a big deal out of it. But we didn't win, did we? So, just a little preseason friendly in it, like minor, minor, minor. <laughs> but um yeah we've got loads to talk about we've got all of the biggest names f- stories coming from the big media outlets bbc we've got sky sports we've got espn we've even got eurosport i'm excited we've got some good stories i'm excited to get into it but before we start i want to shout out to all of the faithful listeners you guys have been tuning in checking out the older episodes there's been a bit of a hiatus on the brb podcast channel and I've seen the analytics, I've seen you guys tuning in from all over the world, from Australia, from America, from New Zealand. I've even seen China and places that we don't think they speak English over there. Poland, places in Europe. Shout out to all of you guys. Much love and respect. Um, shout out to all of the men, the mandem, the girls, the gallim, the, the non-binary and the gender non-specific peoples. I see all of you guys on that analytics you know you're all tuning in big up to all of yourselves and uh, i'm hoping you're going to find this show you're going to find something interesting in the show especially at this time when we've got so many big things happening outside of england outside of europe so yeah without further ado let's get into this man i think me personally i think the biggest story in football right now is the saudi revolution And I've got an article here from the Express uh, with the headline, Saudi club submit world record 259 million pound bid for Kylian Mbappe as PSG star considers exit. Wow. Like if that isn't a big headline, I don't know what is. I mean, we all know Kylian, right? Arguably best player in the world. 300 million euros. 300 million euros like his story is a bit crazy right now we know there's drama with PSG they kind of want him out he wants Real Madrid in comes one of these Saudi clubs Al-Hilal right armed with 
a war chest they've offered him they've offered him a ridiculous amount of money i'm gonna scroll through this article and see if i can pick out some of these details to talk to you guys about they're talking about um cbs sports reporting an unprecedented salary package of around 11 million pounds a week could be on the table 11 million pounds a week i think i saw somewhere else um that it was going to be like 700 million euros a year his salary 700 bomba clad 700 million euros hey i'm thinking listen if i was killian i would just be on the negotiating table like listen you lot might as well just round that up to a billion call it a billion and i'll sign that's pretty much what i would be telling him like because probably don't really want to go and play in saudi arabia if you're killian mbappe but if you're dropping a billion euros on the table where do i sign this is just this is for me this is unprecedented i have never seen such a ridiculous amount of money thrown around for one football player before and the crazy thing about this deal is the saudi team are prepared to let mbappe join real madrid after just one year if he wishes to leave so not only are they going to offer him a ridiculous amount of money not only are they going to pay psg a ridiculous amount of money but they're also just happy to let him leave like on a free transfer yeah just go and join madrid after one year the whole thing is just absolutely bonkers i would love to know what you guys make of this uh so feel free to hit us up on social media the handle has changed at beer rap Bants is where it used to be, but now it's at BRB Pods. That's spelled P O D S, B R B P O D S. Um, yeah, I'd love to continue this conversation. Absolutely crazy. The Athletic have said that Al Halal have been given permission to start discussions with Mbappe. So PSG are willing to accept the bid, and this is this is just in the air now. It's just the balls in your court. Killian, what are you going to do? Um, so, for me, this just blows my mind that the Saudi teams are now stepping up and able to attract some of the best talent in Europe to go over to the other side of the world and play in their league. And it's not just Killian that they were after. I've got this brilliant article in ESPN where they have like a Saudi Arabia transfer tracker. Um, if you guys want to have a look at show notes, that will be on the social media as well. Uh, oh, and we're going to be going on YouTube with the episodes now. So I'll put links to everything in the YouTube. Uh, you can guys can go and see the show notes and get all of the links to the articles I'm talking about from there. And yeah, if you want to go and have a look at this tracker, you're going to see all of the big names that have been going to Madrid. Uh, earlier this summer, we had done deals of Karim Benzema leaving Real Madrid and going to Al Ittihad, that was a free transfer. We've got Angolo Kante leaving Chelsea and going to Al Ittihad, another free transfer. We've got Ruben Neves from Wolverhampton to Al Hilal. You know, I didn't even know about that one. That one's just wait a minute, Ruben Neves. That he's he's only like what 28, 29. Ruben Neves has left Wolves to go to Al Hilal and they're saying 55 million euros for that deal or for our American listeners that's 60 million dollars Ruben Neves is in Al Hilal 
You've got Kaladu Koulibaly's left Chelsea. He's gone to Al Hilal for 17 million or 21 million dollars. Edward Mendy has left Chelsea and gone to Al Hilal for 16 million or 21 million dollars. Steven Gerrard has gone to coach Al Etifak. You've got Brozovic from Inter Milan. He's gone to Al Nassar. That's uh, 18 million euros or 20 million dollars. Jota. I think that's the right way to pronounce the Portuguese J, isn't it? With a J. Jota. Uh, well, I could be wrong because, like, when you say Mourinho, it's like Jose Mourinho, isn't it? So it might just be Jota. But anyway, the guy from Celtic, he's gone to Al Ittihad for twenty-five million pounds or thirty-one point seven million dollars. He's twenty-four years old, linking up with Benzema and Kante. Ugh, just Firmino gone from Liverpool to Al Ali. That's a free transfer. You've got Sergei Milinkovic Savage. When I heard this, I was like, this can't be serious because he's a player that I thought could do a job for Arsenal. He's the kind of player that could come in and make the midfield more competitive. But he's gone to Al Hilal for 40 million euros or 44 million dollars. 28 years old. Absolutely bonkers. So that means at Al Hilal. They're now going to have a midfield of Sergei Milinkovic-Savage and Ruben Neves. And they're also going to have Koulibaly in defence. That is solid. And then you've got Seiko Fofana from Lens in France. He's gone over to Al Nassar for 25 million euros or 28 million dollars. So that's the club that Ronaldo's at. And Brozovic as well now. So Brozovic and Fofana in the midfield at Al Nassar. That's pretty solid. Um, you've got talks that are ongoing. So this is pretty much transfer gossip we're getting into now. But the names. Neymar. Zayic. Bernardo Silva. Saul Alvarez from Atletico Madrid. Wilfred Zaha. Buffon. I know he's getting on a bit now. But come on Buffon. Top, 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 top goalkeeper. Paul Pogba is in discussions. Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Alan St. Maximan, Alex Tellers, Riyad Mahrez. Like, it's absolutely insane. This is a whole revolution. Now, we could do a deep dive on it because we know there's some stuff happening in the background. It's a bit controversial. I'm going to leave the controversy out of it. Me personally, I'm going to leave the controversy out of it. But, you know, we know that there's co-ownership right we know that there's clubs that are owned in europe by the saudi pro league which is also kind of subsidized by the government right what we're hearing is the public investment funds the pif have been have been giving 620 billion dollars to their clubs to go and buy players and so this is the result of being bankrolled by the government, you know. So it's all a bit tricky. It's all a bit interesting that like we could do a whole lot more research and do a big deep dive on it. Maybe we should do that at some point. But right now, Saudi Arabia, hey, I mean, if you guys out there, if you know a way that I can watch Saudi Arabian football, I want to do that. Because if Neymar goes over there with all of the names that they already have, I think this is going to be a great league to follow, especially now that we're doing world's favorite game we want to be following 
loads of leagues from around well let's say the non-european leagues which are less covered in my country want to be looking at those and saudi arabia is looking like a good one to follow wow on to another story uh i personally think that this one is one of the biggest 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 story it's a personal you know like when there's a story and you just got like a little personal connection to it because our listeners will know right that me cal i've got a little bit of a connection to inter miami specifically because the co-owner david beckham comes from my hometown borough he comes from my borough where i was born and raised shout out to Warren forest if any of our locals are listening and you know and he's had a fantastic career and he's had a beautiful life uh, he's gone over to america and he's got involved in building a football club from the ground up and so i started following them from the beginning of their journey they became like my second team now early in the journey things weren't really going so great you know they weren't really bringing in the best players they brought in philip neville as the coach i was like okay well Philip Neville used to play with David Beckham when they were at Manchester United. So it's obviously Beckham bringing in one of his mates to look after his teams, that kind of thing going on there. I was like, okay. Didn't expect miracles, but it's the kind of league where you can't get relegated, isn't it? So just basically Beckham giving his mate an opportunity. Um, And what's happened is he's left already. So Phil Neville's gone um, and uh, a new coach has come in. And now they've gone and pulled off a marquee signing. Lionel Messi signing for Inter Miami. It's just like you couldn't have you couldn't have predicted that. I mean, we all thought because there was talk about Messi going to Messi apparently the wives have been talking and Messi's wife was saying that she wants to go and live in America. So that talk started happening. Uh, if you guys might remember, we were talking about that on the play on podcast. So that talk started happening before Messi left Barcelona. There was talk that he could go to end his career in America. But then when he went to France, I was thinking, oh, maybe he's going to retire in France. But no, now it's materialized, doesn't it? Um, So Messi in America playing for Inter Miami. Um, I am so excited about watching Inter Miami now. I'm going to be following them for the rest of the season. We've got the... Apple MLS Pass. Um, I can put a little link to it in the description if you guys want to go and get yourselves an Apple MLS Pass. That's how we're watching it over here in the UK and probably around Europe. I'm not sure how you guys are watching it in other places in the world. Uh, feel free to let me know in the comments. But yeah, um, I'm really excited about watching in Miami, watching Leo Messi. It's not just Leo Messi that's signed. They've also got Busquets as well. Busquets and Messi. There's talk. There's gossip about more signings on the way. Let's not talk about those yet. We don't know what's going to happen there. But Leo Messi alone. I mean, we're talking about the GOAT himself. The greatest player of all times. The man that we've seen play incredible football. He signs. He goes to the MLS. I was super excited. I was watching all of the little videos. The coverage that they've got over there is fantastic, by the way. Uh, Again, if you get yourselves the MLS season pass you're going to see that the coverage is really good and um, they i watched the mls skills challenge which was kind of interesting the mls all-stars skills challenge arsenal were in that so I, you know that was a bit of a vested interest my favorite team playing in there against some of the all-stars from the mls 
that was pretty cool. Um, and then we have Inter Miami playing a, a match in the League's Cup, which would be Leo Messi's first game. So I stayed up late to watch that. You know, over here in the UK, we're staying up till stupid o'clock in the morning, aren't we? But it had to be done. I had to go and watch Leo Messi's debut. He started the game from the bench. He came off the bench when the team wasn't winning and he actually scored the winning goal. Like, you could not write this script any better than that. Leo Messi coming off the bench, scoring the winning goal. The way that he did it, the time was running out on the clock. They had a free kick. I'm going to put a link into the description so you guys can watch the goal if you haven't seen it. Like, it was the most incredible goal. Like, typical Leo Messi slapping it into the top corner, whipped it in. Ah, oh, just what a, what a moment. I must have seen it a, a hundred times already. I've been replaying that goal over and over and over again. This is absolutely incredible. Leo Messi at Inter Miami. I feel like this is a big moment for football, big moment for MLS and a big moment for this podcast because we're going to be following leagues from around the world like the MLS. And yeah, let's go, man. Let's go. I've got another article here from Sky Sports if you want to read more about um, Inter Miami and Messi's debut. Onto another article from BBC Sport here where they've talked about Messi's teammates um, I mean if you're not if you're like me and you're not very well versed in the MLS we're going to have to do our homework because things work a lot differently over there than they do in Europe you know the whole structure of their leagues is different they don't have promotion and relegations um, they've got conferences they've got an Eastern Conference Western Conference they've got a few different competitions uh, I said previously that the League's Cup is on right now that's a competition uh, that they play in, in the MLS Um everything works differently everything works really differently and there's so much to read up about and as i increase my competency in what's going on over there i'm going to be sharing that with you guys as you could expect but yeah we've got this article here which talks about the squad and the players that they have in in into miami the players that messi's going to be playing with so you guys might enjoy seeing some of those names there uh, a couple of familiar names might be deandre yedlin he's one that people might know this is an interesting one Harvey Neville so Neville's dad the manager got sacked but his kid is a fullback he's 20 years old and he's still there so <laughs> that must be kind of interesting what's it going to be like staying at a professional football club after your dad got sacked as the manager um, he's obviously the only reason you're there in the first place so it's going to be interesting to see how his career turns out into Miami um, I'm glad that I don't see Ryan Shawcross in the squad anymore because that was that was something that soured me and kind of made me stop following results for a while. Ryan Shawcross, everybody knows what Ryan Shawcross did to one of our Arsenal players. It was ugly. Um, so, yeah, he's not my favourite footballer at all. And seeing him sign for in at Miami and then Phil Neville as the manager as well, it was just all a bit souring. But this news, hey, hey, what could be better than Messi? Nothing. Um... So, yeah, they've got loads of players. Um, I'm pretty sure there was another interesting name here that I wanted to talk about. Joseph Martinez. He's a bit of a, an MLS veteran, so he should be able to slap some goals in. Um, so, yeah, so there's a couple of players there already. A couple of players where there's rumours about negotiations going on. And let's see. And if Leo Messi signs, who wouldn't want to come and play with Messi? Maybe we could see even bigger names going there in the future. 
I would love to see someone like uh, maybe Aubameyang go and sign there or Luis Suarez. Uh, who would you like to see sign for Lionel Messi's team into Miami? If you guys have any ideas, let me know in the comments. Hit me up on the socials and uh, we can talk about that. We can keep the conversation going. Um, on to another story. In other news, we have a little story here from The Guardian. Wilfred Zaha and Stormzy to become joint owners of AFC Croydon Athletic. i got to do a little round of applause for that because these are two of my guys. I like both of them. Uh, Wilfred Zaha, talented footballer. Stormzy, talented recording artist. Both of them come from the same area and they formed a three-man consortium and they've gone and bought out their local football club from the area where they came from. Love to see that. Love to see people giving back to the community that they came from. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, so I'm going to be following them to see how this club develops over the years. AFC Croydon Athletic. I wish them all the best. It's a nice little story that. Another nice little story is Paul Pogba has a goal to end poverty and he launches a new fund. So Paul Pogba is over in Italy at the moment. Well, he was, wasn't he? He was at uh, Juventus, but uh, he's gone to Saudi now, hasn't he? And yeah, he's got involved in some philanthropy, which is brilliant. You know, there's a little video that I saw where he talked about, you know, he's unhappy at all of the poverty that he sees and he wants to try and make a difference. You, you know, he wants to try to end poverty. I just think it's brilliant to hear someone like Paul Pogba saying that and not just saying it but actually putting something in place trying to do stuff um just what can i say it's, it warms my heart to see positive stories like this uh the fund is actually launched in the uk but he does say that he wants to take it worldwide um so so let's see what happens here you know it's a uk registered charity it's run by a digital investment platform called Wahed. Um, you know, and uh, and they're going for a self-sustaining model. So they want to be able to look after themselves and to stay ticking over, but to be able to have a fund to help people who really need it. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Pogba. That is a beautiful story. On to another story. The news is getting a little bit more bizarre now. Alexander Yusik. Yeah, I know. He's not a footballer, is he? Like, You're thinking, why are you saying Alexander Yusik for? Alexander Yusik signs a contract with a Ukrainian football club. Listen, I kid you not. It's a story from ESPN. Yeah? They've said that Alexander Yusik, the 36-year-old heavyweight boxer, right, with three titles, right? He's got the IBF, the IBO, the WA, he's got more than three titles. He's got the WA, WBA title as well. The WBO, the WBA, the IBO and the IBF. Jeez. The only one he hasn't got is the WBC. Right? He's undefeated in 20 professional fights. And he's become a professional footballer. It doesn't make any sense, does it? What's that all about? So, you know, if you read this article, you're going to find out that uh, he actually came up as a footballer. And so he's no stranger to a football field. And by 36 years old, he signed for Policia. I don't know if that's how to pronounce it properly. Policia. 
So, yeah, Usyk is a footballer. I don't know what position he plays in, but uh, I probably wouldn't want to come up against him. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine going up against Alexander Usyk for a header or a shoulder-to-shoulder tackle? Or can you imagine putting a tasty tackle in on him and then he, he comes and reacts like, all right, what are you doing? Hey, man, I was good. Hello. Hey, man, it's just football, bro. It's just football, bro. Relax, bro. <laughs> You do not want to take a punch from this guy. I actually do want to see him fight again. I don't know if this is going to signal the end of his boxing career. I don't know what's going on. This story is so random. But I'm hoping that he does get it on with Tyson Fury because, honestly, Usyk versus Fury, I think that's going to be the most exciting fight in heavyweight boxing right now. That's the one that I want to see. But uh, will we see it? I don't know because Fury's fighting. Um, there's a there's an MMA fighter that he's fighting. But uh, hey, anyway, we digress. Let's not go outside of football. Let's stick to the football. So I've done one funny random story and let's go on to another random story. Now, you guys will probably think this sounds like the kind of thing that we used to talk about on the Beer Rapper Banner podcast and we used to make loads of jokes and stuff like that. But this is a story from Court Offside. There's no banter. This is just a crazy story. And this is what this is what's coming to... Uh, world's favorite game because we're doing the stories from all around the world right so we've got here a club president who slept with a referee's wife i'm telling you this is yes yeah you heard that right a club president who slept with a referee's wife as revenge for a biased performance so sergio santos rodriguez Wait, I need to say that with a little Brazilian flair. Sergio Santos Rodriguez. Was that, did that sound Brazilian or was that kind of Spanish or something? I don't know. Anyway, this guy, the president of Cruzeiro, right? He slept, uh, reportedly they're saying, slept with Felipe Lima's wife after the referee favoured their rivals, Atletico Mineiro. It was a one-sided match. Atletico Mineiro won 3-1 and two of those goals were penalties. Um, so according to the journalist Leo Diaz the president blamed Felipe Lima's controversial decisions for the reason that his team was defeated and he decided to take revenge by sleeping with his wife absolutely bonkers like I've never heard any kind of story like that coming out of football before Um, I don't know what's going to happen next I don't know if I'm ever going to hear anything about this story happening ever again but um, it's a crazy story because it's all out in the media now isn't it and um, it's one thing to to have like revenge sex is that a thing I might have to google that revenge sex it's one thing to have revenge sex and to kind of you know to try and get revenge on the referee but he's actually gone and cheated on his own wife now hasn't he he's cheated on his wife and he's been married to her for a long time and they've got three children so yeah it's a sad story man it's, it's a bit crazy but uh, I guess when you start looking at stuff from all around the world, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get some crazy stuff. Swiftly moving on. We've got... Yeah, let's go over to the... Um, we've got Eurosport. And we've got the Women's World Cup. Um, yeah. So, I was up till stupid o'clock in the morning watching Leo Messi in the MLS making his debut into Miami so unfortunately I woke up late the next day and I missed the England game I missed the Lionesses playing in the World Cup they beat Haiti 1-0 uh, really 
it's just a bit awkward for me because they're broadcasting all of the matches early in the morning like I want to support England but England's next game is against Denmark and it's on Friday and it's early in the morning for me and I'm going to be at work so it's like it's annoying but yeah you, you know we can catch the highlights and that we can do the highlights England won one nil we got a penalty Georgia Stanway stuck it away go on Georgia go on Georgie and so yeah so uh, shout out to the Lionesses them fierce lionesses there. You see it? 1-0. Um, off from one England team, let's go over to another. We can talk about England's under-21s. Shout out to the young lions. They went and won the under-21 European Championships. Absolutely smashed it. From the start of the tournament, I was thinking, you know what? England's team looks strong. I was tweeting about it. I was saying England's team looks really strong. I think they're going to have a good chance. But the thing is, right, as you guys all know, because you're all football connoisseurs, that's why you listen to this podcast. You're all football connoisseurs and you know your stuff, right? So you all know that just having good players isn't enough. You need to have a good team. You need good management, good tactics. And I think England had everything. That's why they won it. Um, You know, shout out to Lee Carsley and Ashley Cole. They were the governors. And they had a whole lot of quality players in the first 11 and on the bench. They was rotating the players and changing things uh they had Anthony Gordon players as stri- playing as a striker um they had other players coming in coming off the bench Emil Smith Rowe was coming off the bench and then he got into the first 11 um and it was just like it was brilliant watching it they were playing some really good football Maddie Wakey had a great tournament so I've got a few links here you guys can check out if you want to have a look uh, at how England fared there's one article which I think is brilliant. It's a quite comprehensive article, an analysis of the actual final. And so this was published by UEFA themselves. I recommend you guys go ahead and read that. Um, we've also got the team of the tournament, right? So this is the Euro under 21s Euro team of the tournament from 2023. And there's a lot of England players in it. Shout out to Trafford. He made an absolutely fantastic contribution in the final. He was he was amazing. I'm saying you saved the penalty in everything. Um, you got Cole in there, Harwood, Bellis, Garner, Jones, and Gordon, and then the rest of it is all Spanish players. Um, so I, I was a little bit disappointed, to be honest, to see this team in the tournament. Uh, not to see all the England players in there because they. They really deserve that. I'm sure all of the Spanish players deserve their mentions too. Um, but there was some Georgian players that were fantastic. Like, you know, there were some other games I watched where other players from other nations did really well. And France did really well too. France had a team which I thought was pretty strong and I expected them to get quite far into the tournament. But I guess they didn't have that right blend that England had with, you know, the management and the squad and maybe all of the high quality individuals performing well as a unit so you know they they were defeated and they were knocked out but I do think one or two of those players deserved a mention Rayan Cherky I thought he deserved a, an honourable mention here he was fantastic um, I did like Turam as well in the midfield um, and Kalulu in defence so yeah I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of these names in the future uh, that's why I like watching these tournaments um, but uh yeah, shout out to England. And uh, in this article here about the teams of the tournament, you guys can also see some of the previous winners. Uh, and it kind of goes back to, all the way back to the 2011 squad. 
where sorry not the previous winners but the previous players named in the team of the tournament and even when you go all the way back to 2011 you're going to see some names that are quite famous today names like Juan Mata Chris Smalling David De Gea right and then it goes on 11 and 13 15 17 and uh, one thing some people might not know is in the previous team of the tournament there was a a young man called Fabio Vieira so that's that should let people know that you know although he hasn't had the biggest start to his life at Arsenal Football Club he is a player of high potential he has been named as player of the tournament before and put in the team of the tournament and uh, talking about player of the tournament the 2023 player of the under 2020 the 2023 player of the under 21 European tournament what a tongue twister is Anthony Gordon shout out to Anthony Gordon player of the tournament that's a huge 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 award for him he's going to get a lot of attention now he had some already he's playing for Newcastle now and uh, he was being utilised as a striker he was a threat he was a real threat running at defences scored two goals got one assist and the crazy thing is he didn't even play every single minute of every single game because England's squad was so good they were rotating and bringing players in and out but he was fantastic there's a little uh, clip where you can see some of his goals and his skills in this article here from UEFA I recommend you guys go and check that out shout out to him um, so yeah I mean that that pretty much brings me to the end of all of the stories that I wanted to talk about today these are what I think are some of the biggest stories in the world of football trying to stay away from the Premier League and English football as I said um, even though I did end up talking about the Lionesses and the under-21s. But, you know, cover like, cover like. That's the international tournaments, isn't it? It still counts. still counts. But um, I've got another article here from BBC Sport, which uh, is like a transfer done deals page, which is going to tell us about all of the big names that have been moving around. Um, so if you guys are interested in catching up on any transfers that you might have missed, you can catch this one in the show notes. Um there's been so many big names and big transfers. It'll take me ages to read through it. I can just skim read and give you one or two. You've got Musa Diaby, who's moved to uh, Aston Villa from Bayer Leverkusen. He's a good player. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League. Um, let's go back down. What have we got here? On the 20th of July, Milos Kerkes. He's a player who I actually did a little bit of scouting on. And I was thinking, this guy's a quality player. And I thought he was supposed to be moving to Portugal, but he's ended up moving to Bournemouth. So I'm looking to see him in the Premier League and see how that one works out. Um, there is uh, loads of transfer activity, as you can imagine. I'm just scrolling down to see if there's anyone else that jumps out at me um, before we get out of here. Obviously, you had uh, Declan Rice signing for Arsenal. 100 million pound player 105 million pounds it says here in the bbc article absolutely bonkers that deal arsenal made loads of great signings um of course we've already talked about Lionel messi signing for inter miami he's left P paris saint germain left psg he's gone to miami that's crazy more big names uh obviously if, you, if i wanted to stick with arsenal i could talk about them all day couldn't i uh we've got havertz we've got timber um, there's talk that there's more players going out of the door to free up some cash to make some more new signings um, I mean I could talk about this on and on and on and on 
Pau Torres is an interesting one. He's a highly rated defender from the Spanish league. He's left Villarreal and signed for Aston Villa. Um, there's uh, a whole lot more other transfers in here. I'm trying to see, can I pick anything else out before I should probably leave? I'm not seeing anything that interesting at the moment. Um, so yeah, loads of big names, loads of big transfers. You guys can go and have a look at this stuff. Um, I'm excited. If you guys are excited about transfers, feel free to hit me up in the comments. Let me know any transfers that you're particularly excited about. Um, yeah, this was the first episode of World's Favourite Game. Man, apologies if it's been a little bit uh, unpolished. You know, it's the first one. Hopefully, it's all going to be bigger and better from here on out. But uh, yeah, this should be a weekly show. So uh, there's going to be a lot more going on in football and a lot more to talk about. And I'm going to catch you guys when we next broadcast. Peace.